What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage show. We're so excited to have you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you using your, you know, superpower of vulnerability and jumping on here to share your story. There's so many women out there who are going to be able to relate. So you guys, as a guest today, we have Lindsay Campton for, I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> I have pregnancy brain. I'm not even kidding you. I like start talking sometimes. And I'm like, what is anything going to say? So you know what? With that being said, I'm just going to pass it off to you. We know each other from Instagram and I'm excited to learn a little bit about your story along with our listeners. So if you just want to start wherever you feel comfortable starting and just fill us in on everything. Okay. So I did find you on Instagram um, after our miscarriage, I started using the hashtag life after miscarriage. And it was really just something that I kind of thought of. And then when I started looking through the hashtags, I found you. So I didn't um, know that. I didn't know that that's how we um, connected. So when I found you, that's when I messaged you. So, so yeah, um, my name obviously is Lindsay Campton and I have two little boys. I have a four-year-old who is Tatum and a two-year-old who's Paxton. So, uh, me and my husband, our three-year wedding anniversary is tomorrow. So, we are almost three years married, which has been a long road. <laughs> but obviously, um, Tatum's four, so he came before the marriage. We did it the wrong way, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> but our story is definitely different than a lot of the ones I've listened to on your podcast. Um, and it's a different one that I've really ever heard from anybody. So with us, Tatum came quickly. Me and Steven had only been dating maybe four or five months and Tatum decided to make his appearance. Oh my goodness. What, what, it, what were you guys feeling when that happened? Well, you know how your mom always says it takes one time. Well, it, it took <laughs> one time and we got pregnant with Tatum very quickly. So um, we had him in September of 2014 and we had only been together about a year and we decided to wait to get married. We wanted to, you know, make sure everything was good. We were right for each other. <laughs> and we ended up getting married when Tatum was around um, probably like 15, 16 months. Um, and so right after we got married, I was ready for another baby. So we got pregnant with Paxton right away, just like with Tatum. Both of their pregnancies were completely perfect, smooth, no scares, nothing. Uh, Tatum was a C-section baby, but Paxton, I got to have him vaginally. So he was a V-back baby. So I am someone who loves pregnancy. Like I just love every part of it. I feel like I'm, oh, I'm jealous. I, well, I have so much <laughs> energy. I feel like my hair gets long. Like I just, you can ask my friends, like they're like, you are one of those weird people that just take it all in. So it's just something um, I have like a mommy group um, on Facebook with like 
I think we have like 1800 people now. Oh, and wow. Breastfeed. Like I'm just like one of those people that just. What? I want to be added to that. Yes. I'll have to add you to it. because It's okay. called boo- um, Boobin Ain't Easy. Oh, I love <laughs> it. My country accent. <laughs> I love it. So I just love it all. So whenever Paxton, um, we decided we wanted to start trying again when he was, a, let's see probably around his first birthday. I was like, well, let's just wait a couple months and we'll see. Um, so he turned one in January and we started trying in May and we weren't even really trying. We're like, let's just see what happens. But knowing us, we got pregnant the first month and we found out we were pregnant in June. What were you guys using for birth control? If you don't mind me asking, like between kids, I'm curious for myself. (laughs) Oh yeah. I had the next one on. Um, in my I've arm. never heard of that. Oh, okay, the arm one. Yeah, and I it. See. I loved it. It. Um, I never had any side effects, any of the weirdness. And yeah. as soon as I got it out, my body regulated pretty quickly. Okay. So I've had that twice, which I don't think I'll get on any more birth control now because I'm crazy. But <laughs> I, I did like it. So once we got it out, we were pregnant right away, and. I'll never forget, I was about to get LASIK surgery because I obviously have really bad eyes. (laughs) So I was about to get LASIK and me and Steven had only, you know, tried a couple times that month. And I was like, well, they give you um, a a calm down pill or something. So uh, I was like, maybe I should take a test just before. Yeah. So I was supposed to get LASIK on that Wednesday. I took a test on Monday and it was positive. And I had actually been taking ovulation tests that whole month. Never got a positive on ovulation test. Oh, interesting. So you're like, oh, well, we might be out this month. And I wasn't really worried about it because we said as long as we were pregnant by like September, we really wanted to announce it at Tatum's fourth birthday. And I was like that we have a few months. So Mm -hmm. I was in shock that we got pregnant that quick. And I guess I should have expected it because both the boys were that quick. But um, we hadn't really tracked ovulation or anything like that. My fertile period, I had taken the test, but I don't know. I guess I just figured it wasn't happening. So it happened very quickly. <laughs> um, so we were all excited. This is going to be our last baby, our third baby. I told Stephen that day when he got home, I put a hamburger bun in the oven. <laughs> and it just so <laughs> happened to fall on um, Father's Day. So Father's oh. Day was the day before. So um, I told him his Father's Day gift was in the oven. He thought I made him dinner, which I did. <laughs> Um, but that's how I told him. And we decided we were going to keep it a secret because uh, this was going to be our last baby. We we're like, let's keep mm-hmm. it a secret from our family. Now, and did we- you keep the other two a secret? No, my mom okay. actually walked in on me taking a test with Paxton, like literally walked in on me. while. Oh, we really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> so- but um, I did decided we decided to keep it a secret. I told my best friend immediately. Like I called her, like freaking out that I was pregnant. Um, and we did tell our close friends because um, I couldn't not tell somebody. Yeah. But I am very close with my family. Like Stephen's very close with my family, and they are at our house pretty often. They don't live um, close to us, but they are here at least twice a month. And I'm very close to my sister who has a little girl. So I was like, how am I going to hide this pregnancy? <laughs> but um, we did. We were like, we're going to hide it. We're not going to tell them. And um, our just so happens that Tatum's birthday was going to be the week that we found out the gender of the baby. So I was like, this is going to be perfect. We're going to announce that we're pregnant and the gender all in the same day at Tatum's birthday. We were going to have him open a present. And it was just, it was perfect. You know, we had it all planned out. So um, 
we went on like anything else. Um, I honestly, looking back on it, I didn't take as many pictures because people didn't know. So mm-hmm. it's all about Facebook, you know, posting the pictures. And I feel like I didn't, we didn't buy the baby anything uh, because no one knew. Yeah. So um, we, everything was fine. We went in eight week ultrasound, perfect heartbeat. Um, I went in with my regular check checkups. Everything was fine. And then um, at my 13 week checkup, I went in by myself because third baby, same old, same old. I knew what was yeah. going on. And at that time, she couldn't find a heartbeat on the Doppler. And even when she couldn't find it, I still didn't freak out because I was like, oh, she just needs to go to get an ultrasound. She went and got an ultrasound. She found the heartbeat immediately. And, you know, I went on by my, uh, like, as normal. So um, we went at 16 weeks on the dot. We were going for our gender ultrasound. And my dad just so happened to be down here. So I had to lie to him. And I was like, hey, I'm going out to dinner with Steven. Can you watch Tatum, our oldest? And I'll take Paxton with me. And he probably thought something was up. Like, why would I take my youngest son with me to dinner? But um, so I was like, just watch him. I'll be back in a few hours. So me and Steven were going to get our gender ultrasound and that we were just so excited. This was the day that we had been looking forward to. And um, I will never forget. I have, I'm a prayer. Like I pray and pray and pray. And I will never forget how hard I prayed. And I'm going to try not to cry, but I feel it coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> I prayed so hard on that drive to that ultrasound. And because we have two boys, so everybody's like, you want that girl? Yeah. And I just kept saying, God, I don't care what this baby is. Like, make sure this baby's healthy. And I prayed so hard driving to that ultrasound. Did you do so, that with the other two? I, I did, but not as hard. I okay. Like, like, I'm we actually had been videoing a lot of the pregnancy because we were going to put a big video to it. And I actually videoed myself praying mm-hmm. and I had just did some videos on the way there. And I just kept saying, just make sure this baby's healthy. I don't, I guess just because everybody was pressuring me saying you want a girl. So I just kept saying, it's okay if it's a boy, God, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not going to be mad at you. <laughs> so um, we went in and, she was like, oh, um, I can't really see anything, so go use the bathroom. And I even went in the bathroom, and I was praying just so hard, like, just giving Did it you, all. Did you have, like, a gut feeling, or was it just, like? No, no gut feeling okay. at all. Like, I never crossed my mind. Okay. So we were sitting in, this was, like, a fancy ultrasound place. It's called Baby Belly here in Kentucky, and it's real fancy, and they give you, like, the whole experience. We've been there with both boys, and my husband was videoing me, of course, and we were like kind of being silly back and forth. And I was like, Stephen, what do you think it is? Like, is it another boy? And so she starts ultrasounding. And I look at her and I say, don't even tell me what the gender is. Just tell me what the heart rate is. That's all I care about. And so me and Stephen were just kind of joking back and forth. And like a couple seconds went by. And seconds in ultrasound time is, you know, a yeah. long time. So yeah. I was like, what's the heart rate? And I kept asking her, what's the heart rate? You know, and I really wasn't, it still never crossed my mind. And I would talk back to Steven and I'd ask her what the heart rate was. And after like the third time I asked her, like I realized she wasn't answering me. And that's when I looked up at the screen because I was trying not to look at the screen in case I saw anything. Yeah. And that's when I did not see that black hole. Mm-hmm. I've had ultrasounds before. There's that little black flicker in yep. and I didn't see it and it still didn't hit me. I was like, oh, that looks weird. And I looked at her and I was like, ma'am, what's the heart rate? And she looked right back at me and she was like, I'm sorry, I can't find it. Oh my goodness. And I looked at my husband and I said, Stephen, stop videoing. Yeah. And he's like, no, Lindsay, it's fine. My husband's a nurse. He's like optimist. 
And I said, no, Steven, she can't find the heart rate. Turn off the video. So he turned off the video and I'll never forget this. Um, as soon as I realized what was happening, I put my hands in my hair and like, I just started like pulling at my hair. I don't know like if it was like um, a nervous thing, but it hit me that that was what was happening. Mm-hmm. So she got up and left the room because I think that she couldn't handle it. So she had another ultrasound tech come in, which I'm so thankful for because this lady was awesome. And she did it again. She tried again. And obviously they still couldn't find it. And it was just, I was just hysterical. Um, so it was traumatic. And I feel so bad looking back because there was people in the waiting room waiting for their ultrasound and they had to hear me. So I feel so bad for doing that. But the lady that was the tech that came in afterwards, she had lost a baby at 20 weeks. So she was so helpful. Yeah. Uh, And this was a hard thing too. My husband is a nurse in the ER in our town. So we were like, where do we go? What do we do? She said, you need to go to the ER. And my husband had just got off work. So of course we had to go to the ER with um, my husband's work family. So it was so hard. That was even harder because all these people knew us. Mm -hmm. They wanted to hug us and comfort yeah and honestly like that's the last thing I wanted yeah um and so what was um rough too is we were still in there and I was laying on the table and I immediately called my best friend the day before we were talking me and all of our friends we all have boys there's like 14 or 15 boys (laughs) and we've always said that we are all so thankful that none of us have ever had any issues. No pregnancy issues. A couple of them have been in the NICU, but Mm -hmm. luckily we've been thankful. And the day before the ultrasound, me and my friend were like, who's it? It's going to, it's bound to happen to some, one of us. Cause one in four. Yeah. And I was like, I know it's bound to happen to one of us, you know, but never thinking it would be me. Yeah. Um, and then I think the toughest thing was having to call my mom yeah, and saying, mom, I was pregnant. I lost the baby. I need you to come to me right away. And she's two hours away from us. So she got in the car immediately and came to us. So um, the rough part was the whole hospital experience because we were in a place of my husband's work. People were mm-hmm. on top of us. There was a preacher there on top of us. And I was in denial. Like I was like, nope, this isn't happening to me. This is not my life right now. And um it took them forever to get us in to do another ultrasound. And then when they did, I had the rudest doctor and it made <sighs> it even worse. Um she had no bedside manner and basically she looked at me and she's like, so what's the situation? And immediately, I just, like, wanted to punch her in the yeah. face. Like, mm-hmm. um, she's like, so did you get an ultrasound here? Like, what is going on? How do you know this baby doesn't have a heartbeat? I just got a call. So That's <laughs> I okay. rejected it. Um, so that was rough because I just wanted my doctor. Yeah. My doctor was awesome, and she was not in town. So, of course, that was just rough. And they sent me to a room. They did another ultrasound. And in my head... I just couldn't even look because this sounds so awful, but that was my baby inside of me that was no longer with Mm -hmm. us. So that I was getting sick thinking about that. Um, so another, this one always sticks out in my mind. This is why I hate that doctor so much. (laughs) She 
um, said something to me. I had my head laying back because I was still in such denial. And she said, Lindsay, I have no doubt in my mind that this baby has a heartbeat. And literally I jerked up so quick. And then she said, but it's no longer beating. And she took that small pause to where for a split second, I thought this was like all a dream. And you I got your it, hopes up. And yeah, like, I got what? That's such up. an odd thing to say. I know. And when she said that, like it, it changed me. It like made me just like angry and like mean. And it made me just be like, I was like, get out. I was like, I just yeah. want you out of here. So the whole thing afterwards was rough because we did have the option to deliver. We never got to find out the gender at that point. Um, we do know the gender now. He was a boy or he is a boy. And um, we got to find out the gender. But at the time, they just couldn't because they think that he had passed away two weeks before. Okay. And um, so they gave me the option to deliver. And me personally, I couldn't do it. Um, I just couldn't go through all that and because I didn't know what he would look like. I was just really scared to see that. How did you, how did you feel knowing that he may have passed away two weeks earlier? Just out it of curiosity. Because, yeah, because for me, like I remember, you know, with my first pregnancy, it's like the longer you think you're pregnant and not like mm-hmm. you are pregnant, but it's like to get to a point of like going to the gender reveal and like, do you yeah. think it would have like saved a little bit of hurt to like know two weeks earlier? Oh, I do. And yeah, um, it's just cause I think I keep looking back at those two weeks and there were so many signs that something was wrong. I never had any bleeding or pain or anything like that, but I'm someone that doesn't get sick in my pregnancies. And even with, row this baby I wasn't sick until 14 weeks I was Mm -hmm. extremely sick I was throwing up all the time anything I ate made me sick and I was looking back on it I'm like was that my body telling me that something was wrong yeah so that was really hard too because everything that I have done or did I'm like that was it that's what caused it we went to the beach and my husband was like we're never going to beach again yeah (laughs) you start to tie everything to the trauma everything everything. I unfortunately had got a yeast infection and I had taken medication for that and I'm not somebody that takes medication but she told me I basically had to or it was going to get worse so yeah I'm like that was it yeah or this was it that was it so knowing I I do wish I would have known sooner But then I look back at that 13-week ultrasound when she couldn't find it at first. I'm like, well, was there maybe an irregularity that she could have maybe take the extra time to find it? So there was, yes. so There's a bunch of what-ifs all the time with this kind of stuff. It's just like your mind plays so many tricks on you. And you just start to, like, think back Mm -hmm. about every little thing. Everything. And that, I think that's been the hardest because I'm not that type of person. Yeah, and I'm not either. Mm-hmm. And it has killed me, just the what ifs mm-hmm. and the you'll never know. That's the one that, like, no matter how, how much I think about it, I will never know. Yeah, which is hard, too, because to continue trying without knowing mm-hmm. yeah, like what, what, what was the reasoning is a whole nother, you know, mind game. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And it's so whenever we got, um, I chose the DNC route because, I, like I said, I couldn't. To the delivery process, yeah. Where he had been passed away for two weeks, they said that he, you know, definitely wouldn't look like we thought he would. And to me, I think that would have traumatized me more than he was. So, 
And then they gave me the option of being awake with my DNC, um, which I heard on one of your po- last podcasts yeah. that she did. And that like brought me to tears because I looked at them and then they said that to me and I was like, um, no, <laughs> I said it in a very rude way, <laughs> worse than that. But I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, but the whole time before the DNC, I got to the point where I was so sick because I just kept thinking in my head, my baby is inside of me and he's about to be taken away from me. So yeah, that was super hard. So before the DNC, um, and on your last podcast, I heard this too. Um, they said they took us back for the pre-opt and there was a lady beside me that had just had a baby and she was sitting there like on the phone with her mom. Oh, he was this much pounds, this many ounces. And I was like, is this happening to me right now? I was like, did they really put me back here with these women that just had a baby? That's so crazy. So it was, that was awful. Finally, when she came back, I was like, can you just drug me? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be drugged and I don't can even want to know where knock I'm me out? Yeah. <laughs> so they did. And I don't remember a lot after that until I got home. So once we got home, um, the worst part was I was definitely showing, but we hid it from my parents really well. Um, but my oldest son, Tatum, he definitely knew. And he knew that mommy had a bigger belly. And when I got home, he was said, mommy, where did your belly go? Your belly's gone. And we hadn't even told him we had lost Roe. And we were like, how in the world did he even know that? And we ended up telling him and he said, but mommy, I never got to see him. We, we Aww. never, someone keeps calling me in the middle of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But he just said, mommy, we never got to see him. I never got to hold him. I want to hold him. And I said, well, baby, God has him now. He'll take care of him. And he said, will you please tell him to bring him back? And it was just so genuine. Yeah. And just like, you don't think little kids really, you know, understand that sort of thing. So um, it was just a very, very rough experience. And we did have all the tests done. Um, We got something done called the cytogenetics. And so we did the extensive placenta testing, um, the cytogenetics, and two weeks it might have been a month. A month after we lost him, we got to find out he was a boy. And uh, we found out all of his genetics were fine. They were all what they were supposed to be. I had no infection. Uh, my placenta was working correctly. Everything was fine. And my doctor just said it was a fluke. And it kind of, when she said that, I love her. But when she said that, I was like, it wasn't just a fluke. I was like, that, I was like, you can't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like something had to have been wrong. So, that was just the whole experience with that. Um, and we still don't know anything why it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was definitely rough having my family there. Like when I first saw my mom in the hospital and she was there and me having to look at her and me being pregnant with my belly and her having no idea and just going through all of it. So mm-hmm. that was just awful. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I know the the whole diagnosis or non-diagnosis of like bad luck miscarriages just kind of irks me. Like it's just this like, I just, I don't know. Cause that's what I was diagnosed with with all four of mine. It was just like, well, just bad luck. And it's just a really hard concept yeah. to grasp, but it really is the diagnosis. And I say that with quotations around it that most of us women get. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, just... But there obviously is something wrong. <laughs> right, right. And it's like... It kills me when people say, oh, well, it's so common. And yeah. to me, me being 16 weeks, I always say, but it's not common. Yeah. It's not common with second trimester. Like, it's exactly. not. And exactly. A four-week loss or is no different than my loss. But still, I'm just like, it's not bad luck. There was something wrong that caused us to lose him. So yeah. it's just definitely been... So such an experience for our family because at first um, me and Steven really, sh- my husband, like we struggled, like we struggled with each other. We found mm-hmm. ourselves really arguing a lot more than usual because we were both so on edge and we were both grieving differently. Yeah. So for me, um, I am a very happy go lucky person. I'm always, I'm very social, very talkative and I just shut down. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to be around anybody. Um, all of my friends were calling me, texting me, asking if they could come over. And I just basically said, no, I'm sorry. Um, my best friend that I talked to 10 times a day was having an emotional breakdown because I wouldn't talk to her. And, um, I basically just said, I need time. Like I just need time to process what is happening in my life right now. Yeah. Did you feel like you were the same way with your husband, like kind of shut down? Or do you feel like you were? I I feel like I wanted him more than anybody, but I wanted him, I would get mad at him very easily because I wanted him to grieve like I was grieving. Yeah. So when he, because he definitely cried, like he, I mean, he grieved, but his outing was going to work. Like he, because I'm a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So he went to work and um, him going to work was hard because that's where it all happened. Yeah. So, um, but he got to get away from it and kind of get away from the stress of, you know, I still have to take care of my kids. We don't have help. And so I was more angry when I didn't see him grieving like me. Yeah. So that was rough on me because I didn't want to be mad at him because I knew he was grieving in his own way. Um, And actually I grieved real. I mean, I was really rough the four weeks afterwards and the day she told us that he was a boy, it was like a weight lifted and I was happy. Um, oh, interesting. And I thought it would be the opposite, but yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like that was my little boy. I was like, I can. Almost like closure. It, it was. Almost like, yeah. It was such a, like a weird experience, but it was like so eye opening because as soon as she told me that, like, I felt like I could breathe again, but then I looked over at my husband and he looked crushed. Like oh. he was just so shut down. And when we got out of the appointment, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Like everything's fine. So that means it's not a genetic disorder. And we got to find out he was a boy. So we get to name him. And he was like, this is not closure for me. He said, that was my little boy and he was perfect. So why don't I have him? So after that, he grieved. It was almost like switching roles. Yeah. Yeah, It was completely different. And he even asked me, he was like, why do you not feel like I do? And I said, it's not that it's just that I can, I picture him now as a little boy. And before I just, couldn't picture him yeah I didn't know if he was a boy or a girl so it was hard for me to connect to that baby so yeah I can relate to that a lot because with my the pregnancy that I have right now at nine weeks I did the sneak peek gender DNA test and everyone was (laughs) like why can't you just wait and I was like because if something were to happen I with my other four I never found out if you know, they were boys or girls. And I want to connect. Like, I want to have that connection. I want to be able to visualize who this baby is. So I can completely relate to that. Like, I think that that would have given me that same feeling that you had. And I felt so bad for my husband, him feeling that way. But 
with us having two boys already, he said mm-hmm. that he just looks at our boys and he can see the other one because yeah. they're both perfect. So why didn't we get this perfect one? Because yeah. according to a piece of paper, he was perfect. Yeah. So what was it about him that wasn't perfect? So we are definitely doing better now. Um, September, it happened early September. September, October was very rough on us. Because mm-hmm. they say um, a miscarriage will make you or break you in a marriage. Yep. And I was scared it was going to break us. But it has really brought us stronger, even though it really was rough. Because mm-hmm. we were just both at each other. But I had to find ways to grieve myself and to not shut down because I was letting myself go so bad. Um, September, I literally just, I probably gained 15 pounds in like two to three weeks because I was just being disgusting with myself and not doing anything with myself. Um, I was still taking care of my boys while Stephen was working because um, he works 12 hour shifts. So finally one day I woke up and I was like, I have got to do something about this. I was like, I have to go on. Like we have to remember him instead of like, I just kept thinking, I I want to remember him. I can't dwell on it because it's not going to change anything. He's never going to come back. Um, but he's still our son. So that was my main thing. And at the, around the end of September, beginning of October, we kind of switched everything in our house and we started working on ourselves and making us better parents, better family, and that was the only thing that got us through. It was trying to be positive and knowing that one day that God will give us our rainbow baby. And mm-hmm. I just struggled a lot with uh, triggers because I, um, I'm i a makeup artist on the side. So um, my first wedding that I did after we lost him, I was like, okay, this is going to be it. I'm, I'm positive. I'm going to have a good day. It's my first time out. My first client turns around nine months pregnant. Yeah, immediately I shut down and I started having like a panic attack because I was like, oh my God, like, why am I feeling like this? I was like, I need to calm down. Um, And I was working with another makeup artist and I don't know if she could tell, but I was just like not on my game. And when you're doing somebody's makeup, like you have to like be talking to them. And the whole time, all I could look at was her belly. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize how many triggers there are to with pregnancy loss. Like, like. I mean, if you go out and about, there's like a million out there. <laughs> yes, and- baby showers, pregnant women, strollers, like everything. It's just, it's not just the pregnancy loss, but then you're you're reminded of it so often, and I don't think people really realize that until they've been through it. Yeah, and like if I see a lady at Kroger with two kids and a baby, I'm like, oh, that would have mm-hmm. been me, and I still yeah. do it to this day. Yeah, and- I struggle with pregnancy announcements still. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I've been, and I've had the worst thoughts. I'm not a negative person, but the things that I have thought in my head, I'm like, I am awful. Uh-huh. Like, what am I thinking? These and that's hard because it's not like that's the normal you. Yeah. Too. So then it's like, okay, well, like, I don't know. It just changes you so much. And that's a whole nother thing to grasp. It's like, this is not who I am. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Yeah. And I'm a talker. Like I'm somebody that really has to get it out. So yeah. I decided that I was going to post it on social media. And I did because no one knew we were pregnant and mm-hmm. I was bombarded with messages from women that said I miscarried too. And mm-hmm. there was a couple that had second trimester miscarriages that I knew about and I was able to reach out to them, but there were a few, I had no idea. 
Yeah. No idea. And it was just crazy to me how it is so common. Like it, yeah. it really is. And but, how many um, people really do go through this alone too? Yes. And that's what they said. They're like, I wish I would have posted it. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, thank you for being brave um, and putting it out there because I did this by myself and no one knows. Yeah. So that just breaks my heart for them. But especially like going back to the triggers, I think the biggest trigger for me, and it's, it's different, um, especially where I do have two kids, because when I was pregnant, um, I work at Ulta and I work there one night a week and that's my place to get out and talk about my kids and people, the question I always get is how many kids do you have? Mm-hmm. Never thought twice about it. And I, I would always be like, I have two boys. I'm pregnant the day out, the first day I worked, how many kids do you have? And I stopped and I was like, in my head, I was like, how do I answer this? Mm-hmm. Do I, say I just, I, I like, do I say yeah. I have two kids? And then I would feel bad for not saying him. So now I always say I have three kids. Yeah. I have one in heaven. And I immediately, it's an awkward conversation because they look at me mm-hmm. and I'm so sorry. I'm like, you don't have to apologize. But This never- just happened to me today. <laughs> really? Oh my yeah. Mine is, um, is this your first pregnancy? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's actually my fifth pregnancy, but my first child like my first living child and then it's like oh I'm so sorry and I always respond with there's no need to be sorry like Mm -hmm. I you know I've learned so much through the process that I'm to the point where I'm extremely grateful for the journey that I've gone through to get to where I am today Mm -hmm. um because it's changed me and it's made me who I am so yeah silver linings I I guess Yeah, I agree. Because that was the first time for me. And I just now I'm just like, it's it's okay. Like, you don't have to be sorry. I'm okay with it. Yeah. But I can't tell you I have two kids when I have three. Yeah. So it's, it was never a question I thought about now. But now when I hear it, it's always just that question. Yes. It's like, oh. And I don't know about you. How do you feel about the I'm sorry? Like, I, that, I won't say I'm sorry to anybody anymore when I hear that they've gone through something. And a part of me feels guilty because I think naturally as human beings, that's what we want to say to like make people feel better or make ourselves feel better about the situation. But Mm -hmm. nobody, nobody wants you to feel sorry for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not why I share my story. I don't want people to feel I I just posted this on Facebook the other day too. The comment that has gotten me the most is, oh, I cannot even imagine. Oh, I saw that. You're so strong. I can't, I could never do that. And in my head, I'm like, what do you mean you couldn't do that? It could happen to you. You could do it. Yeah. Like, and if you, I just, and I look back and I'm like, have I said that to somebody before? I can never imagine. But then Oh, it has gotten me. And when people say it to me, it literally makes me want to punch them in the face. I'm like, don't say that to me. Yeah. This is not something that I'm like, I'm saying right now. I'm just Mm -hmm. curious because I've heard other women out there in a similar situation as you um, get like the whole, well, at least you have two healthy boys. How does that make you feel? Well, at first, um, now I, I feel the same way. I say, I'm very thankful for my kids. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't make it any easier. I still want that baby. Yeah. Like I'm so thankful. I'm so blessed. I'm so glad they're perfect and healthy, but that does not make this loss any easier. Yeah. My child too. And, um, I have had, I've actually lost a friend over this. Um, but she, someone had made a comment about like, she said it wasn't that big of a deal. 
because, you know, it was just at 16 weeks. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. She didn't understand why I was so upset over it or why people were making a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. And, And to me, it's not even that. I was making a big deal about it. That is my child. Both of my kids were were a baby at 14 weeks. You know, like they, if I would have lost one of them at 14 weeks, I mean, neither one of them would have been here. So that child was just as much as a child as Tatum and Paxson. So when I heard someone that I really thought was a friend say that, and I just couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just in shock, you know, because any pregnancy, whether it be <laughs> conception to birth is a baby. I don't care what yeah. anyone says. And yeah. So to me, it, it is a big deal. It's a big mm-hmm. deal for anybody. And that, that is you losing a child. And that's, that's been my biggest thing too, is I don't say I lost a pregnancy. I say I lost a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my baby. So that's, and I tell everybody that they say, oh, well, I, I miscarried. I lost my pregnancy. I don't view it like that because it was yeah. Like, so. Yeah. If you had any advice for somebody in a similar situation as you, what would it be? Um, I definitely think to be vocal about it and to find someone that you can confide in. Uh, because I had two girls that same situation around 16, 18 weeks, they lost their babies um, and they had kids previously. So find someone that you can talk to that is not going to judge you, that understands what you're going through and just get out there and be vocal because there's so many women that you can help that Mm -hmm. are too scared to do it. So, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be that for so many people. So people Mm -hmm. listening to this, where can they find you if you are that person for them? I do have a Facebook and an Instagram. I'm Lindsay Campton on Facebook and on Instagram. It's Lenny B too. So you can just link that. It's an old college Instagram. (laughs) Perfect. I will link that in the description below along with other ways to connect with the lamb fam. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for sharing your story. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. I'm sorry. I got a little emotional. No, I mean, I think that's great. That's it's real. It's raw. And that's what this Mm -hmm. is all about. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I look forward to listening back. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.